Welcome to the Downtime Reup. We're back, but this time with a little bit of a different thing. But before we get into that, you know me, you know that guy, and you know that guy. Now introducing Bryant. You know, guys. What's up? <laughs> well, isn't that just nice? So back to what I was talking about. This episode of the Downtown Reup will be focused on European soccer. Uh, we here at the at the team we do love our soccer or our football, right? And uh, let me pass it over to one of the fellas over here to get us started. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, from the first episode, we told y'all that uh, we were soccer guys, um, and it was something that we were going to incorporate sooner or later because it's something that we all enjoy thoroughly. That we also all, you know, spend our weeks watching. Same with how we watch Mavericks, Cowboys, Rangers. On the weekends, we got Chelsea, Tottenham, Woo. Champions League throughout the week. And uh, so, yeah, we're finally incorporating that. We're going to probably call this, you know, something a little bit different uh, whenever you're looking at the podcast name so that you're not mistaking it for a DFW episode. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, here we are. Um, but let's start with the, I guess, the, the big reason that we actually wanted to start doing this. And that was the Chelsea and Tottenham game that happened this past Monday. Uh, real quick, uh, let's, let's get our new guest here settled. What do you know about Chelsea and Tottenham? You know, what I do know is that um, they didn't go against each other the other day. Mm -hmm. And Chelsea did, um, Tottenham did horrible. You know, sun is washed, <laughs> to put it simple. Son is just not the player already. he used to be. Nothing. Um, you know this new guy Jackson. He just, he's just amazing. He did, he did a, a hat trick. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He scored a hat trick already. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, I think we have a lot of high hopes for Jackson's uh, future in a career, a career as a soccer player. Mm. A hat trick in twenty minutes, by the way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. What are your opinions on it, George? All right. Well, first of all, I don't agree with a single thing you just said. All right. <laughs> first of all, I think you're biased. Uh, can't yeah, believe man. we got you on the show. I mean, my God. All right. Jokes aside, Tottenham Hotspur, I thought we were going to win. Those first 15 minutes where the link-up play between Brendan Johnson, uh, Sonny, and Madison were just something dreams that are made of. I mean, we saw the goal. It was a long pass over to Madison where Madison sent it over to, to Brendan Johnson. Then... Well, we put it away. And it looked like we were going to be dominating the entire game until tragedy struck. Christian Romero, the Argentinian... Menace. <laughs> All right, Spider-Man. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what he was thinking that time. Listen, I, I, I don't know what he was talking about, what he was thinking. I don't know what's going on in that head of his. But he got a red card, and it was only downhill from there. Yeah, and I mean, from... From our standpoint, from a Chelsea standpoint, at the beginning of the game, it was looking real, real concerning. I mean, Tottenham was just playing fluid football, which is what you've been expecting from them for these past few weeks. And like he said, with the James Madison pass uh, to Brandon Johnson, and then they got it, uh, they got it to Kulusevski. And, you know, it was, in my opinion, kind of a lucky deflection for it to go in. But regardless, it was it was it was, it was great it was great setup play. I mean, they had the defense wide open, um, and then after that they had a uh, a run up of the wing. I think it was a cross to Hyung Sun, 
that he put he put away and you know from there it was looking 2-0 within the first 15 minutes of the game but that ended up being called offsides and then everything kind of started changing from there um i mean we're here talking about the physical but can we just talk about the mental like like when it comes to their mental i feel like something was going on with tottenham because if you just you know if you look at the red cards and the yellow cards it seems like they were just off on their mental game mm-hmm. i mean the coach got a yellow card like there's clearly something <laughs> going on here a lot of frustration going on on tottenham's oh. side Oh, you know, I don't know where this hatred is coming from. Listen, listen. Let me give you a little bit of backstory on this. Chelsea's team, uh, they hired a coach. That's really amazing. I know their name. His name is Mauricio Pochettino. He used to coach Tottenham Hotspur. He was a club legend until he betrayed us, stabbed us in the back, and he's now coaching the rivals. But listen, what's important is the coach we have now, Ange Postecoglou, is the second coming of. I don't want to say Christ, but oh my God, right? He's playing, he, he's making us play out of our mind. The locker room, the, the mental of the entire team is impossible to break through. This is why I disagree with you right here, Brian. All right, this is why I disagree with you, right? Now, listen, you might be talking about Romero, right? But this is shows how much confidence we have in ourselves that we're playing physical. The entire game, even though we were down, we were playing Balls to the walls. I mean, yep, yep, yep. You okay. lost. Okay. okay. <laughs> lost. Chelsea are the worst winners. They look like losers out there. Oh, okay. Man, we still won. Yeah, we still, <laughs> we still won. won. Don't but matter. Let, let's continue oh. to break this down, right? So we got through. So we're we're up to the penalty now, right? Uh, Romero gives Cole away Palmer. a pen. Uh, dirty, dirty tackle. Yes, he got ball, but got the intent ball. behind it was, was definitely there. I mean, it was straight spikes to end up fitting on this ankle. And, you know, actions like those have caused injuries. I mean, I think Hung Min Sun's done something similar to that before, and he, like, snapped somebody's ankle and no, had it. No, that's not he? true. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he did something like that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, it was rightfully so a red. And in front of that, too, like, just a few minutes before, when Chelsea had a goal actually caught off sides um, from Raheem Sterling up on the left wing, uh, Romero had kicked somebody uh, in the calf behind the play. He had gotten out strength by Thiago Silva, and then Levy Cowell was passing by while uh, Romero was still on the floor, and he straight up kicked him in the calf. You know, the play was already gone, and they obviously they reviewed the goal and counted it offsides, but they didn't review that action by Romero. So in my opinion, he got a he got he got away lucky there, but. I think from that point is when the intensity just started to ramp and ramp and ramp and ramp. And that's why all that chaos happened in the penalty box. And Romero ended up spiking Enzo straight in the, in the ankle. But from there, Cole Palmer put it away. Vicario did get a touch on it. Uh, but it was still too strong. And uh, it went post uh, right side and then in uh, on the left side. Uh, so... No one's blocking that. So from there, it was kind of a uh, a downhill for Tottenham, really, in my opinion. You know, uh, the game aside, I think uh, the fact that we got 12 minutes added to the first half, it's a great showing of how we changed that, of, of how the Premier League changed the rule in the offseason about how any injury time, any time wasting is just going to get added back on at the end of the uh, at the end of the half. And that's where tragedy struck for us. Uh, our other center back, Van der Ven, who's speedy as hell he, he was catching up to what's his name sterling he was catching up to sterling pretty quickly until w- was it sterling he was chasing after before he he towards the pulled his hamstring i think it might have been nico 
Alright, well, he was chasing after someone, and he he it seemed like he was he pulled his hamstring, and he just couldn't walk. So we were down Romero. We were down uh, our second um, center back, and then well, after the half, we lost another defender. Yeah, and it 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 was getting. Uh, I mean, I felt bad in a way for 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 Tottenham because. They lost James Madison to what pretty much was a non-contact ankle injury. Uh, and, you know, then they lost Rendevin, which are two of their biggest signings of the summer. You know, James Madison and Rendevin, big, big impact on their season so far. And obviously by then, Romero was already gone. So, it, you know, it was looking very favorable for us. But not only that, and it wasn't like we weren't making scoring opportunities when it was, you know, 11 v 10. Because for that exact reason, Udoge ended up getting his second yellow and getting sent off as well. Uh, it was when the second half started that Udoge was, uh, well, that's when he got his red. He, what had happened was he got an interception, a cool little interception. And then out of nowhere, he just tackled incredibly hard for no reason. I don't know what that was. It was, I, I, he, I don't even think he touched the ball, to be honest. It was on Sterling. I think that just shows his youth more than anything. Uh, he was really adamant on getting the ball. I feel like he should have been patient. But, you know, he wanted the ball that much that he decided to really double tackle Sterling. I don't know what he was thinking. But I want to give a big shout-out to our goalkeeper, Vicario. He was playing out of his mind. He looked like uh, Yashin out there. Um, he Like, the, 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 the Chelsea team just couldn't get past him until they did. Yeah, and I mean, you know, big props to Vicario. It, without him, the game easily could have been 7-1, 6-1. And it could have been, you know, really out of hand for what a 9-B-11 should be. You know, 4-1 already is a pretty good result considering a 9-B-11. But easily, it could have been 7-6-1. And, you know, Tottenham would have lost anyways. But Vicario making a statement that, you know, regardless of what's happening, you know, I'm going to put my all into it, into every single play, is a good thing for a goalie to show, you know, not giving up. Uh, and, I mean, Xavier can speak to that as well. He was a goalie. Yeah. Most definitely. Just not giving up in general on any play. Bro. Honestly, it just improves your uh, your mental mental strength. Just leading out less goals. You can go into the next match just knowing that you did your best the other match. Yeah, so um, then after after that next send-off, the Tottenham team, which was very surprising to a lot of us, and I don't even know if it was surprising to George or maybe he was just used to it with Ainge, yeah, yeah, yeah. is they were playing a super, super high line, basically at midfield. It's got a nobody, man. So it, it really seemed like that was something Chelsea wasn't prepared for. Typically going against 10v11, 9v11, people are going to be playing a really, really low block. Basically like a six in the back almost, you know. You'll have one attacker and everybody else is playing defense. But instead, they had basically their whole line on the midfield. And that, I think that really threw Chelsea off. Considering how young all the players are, it was uh, it was a big challenge for them. And until, what was it, the 75th minute that Nico Jackson finally came through. After like many attempts... Uh... That guy's overrated. Yeah, it don't matter. It's the winter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, if you you know you, you look at at the stats how we're looking here, and Chelsea ended up with seventeen total shots. They missed 
a few big chances. And um, I think that overall, yes, people looking at the game, everybody's going to give their props to Tottenham for holding up well uh, and for playing a high line and not being scared. And in the end, Chelsea came through. And what they're being bashed for is for not putting up more goals, I guess. I don't know, because the opportunities were there. We were constantly making opportunities and making runs. Either Vicari was making a good save or he was running really, really far off of his box to be a sweeper. And it was very surprising. You know, near the end of the game, Tottenham ran out of gas. And we kind of figured out how we need to use our midfielders more whenever we're making forward passes. Kind of like the midfielder passing to the wing and the midfielder running through the line. And then Nico following the midfielder in order to break the line. Instead of just throwing over balls to Sterling or to Cole or to Nico. Because in doing that, it doesn't give Vicario a chance to come out because we're more controlled in play. So once they figured that out, they put up three on Tottenham really, really quickly. Well, I feel like the chances have kind of been like that all season, hasn't it? Just We've always been, especially at the start of the season, we've, we've been missing simple, easy chances. And I feel like hopefully this game could kind of somewhat resolve that issue and we could probably hopefully start putting in more goals in the next few matches. Yeah, and you can even see it like looking at the stats here, you know, we had seven offsides and I think we had like four goals counted off because of some kind of uh, some kind of offense that happened before with VAR. And that's nothing new for Chelsea fans. For us, really, it feels like we've scored more offsides or disallowed goals than actual goals. That's really how it feels at this point. Uh, but, but what do you think? I think we're winning the league. Absolutely <laughs> not. Y'all are not winning the league. You don't know what you're talking about. Your team ain't even gonna place for nothing, buddy. Hey, well, that's fine. At least y'all don't win nothing. I'm but good. Uh, talk about those. But y'all had some big chances there at the end, George. Oh, Eric Dyer. Um, so let me talk a little bit about Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer was our center back from, I don't know when we signed him. I think 2008 we signed him, and he's been basically our starter behind. Well, we used to have some pretty good defenders, but he was our main guy for the better part of the last five years. Um, he's not very good, right? This is why we signed Romero Vandeven. Uh, we signed a young guy, Ashley Phillips, who's I think is going to start against Aston Villa, or I forgot we're playing Wolves or something. But Eric Dyer came on, and he showed out. I I think he needed the rest or something. He was playing out of his mind, and then at the end there, we got a free kick opportunity. Um, it went into the box. It bounced off Bentancur's head. And then Eric Dyer slotted it home in the top left corner. Sanchez didn't even see it coming. I, mean, I don't even think Eric Dyer saw it coming. But then again, it was allowed for it was disallowed for offsides, and that's cool enough. But in almost the same situation, a couple minutes later, we saw another free kick opportunity, where we could have easily slotted the goal home if Bentancur just inched a little bit forward. I'm talking, it was the ball was here, and the 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 foot was here. But he missed it. He missed it. He missed it and just fell enraged at himself. I'm shaking out of how much anger. I, we should have won that game if we no one if nothing happened. It would have been an easy domination game. I mean, I, I think they you can know, even admit that. I think it seems like in the end of the game, uh, Jackson was just making really good runs and uh, all the forwards are able to find him. And I think he Jackson just did an exceptional. Um, just an exceptional game at the end, you know what I'm saying? Running, finding his lanes and, uh, you know what I'm saying? Just 
being available so the forwards like would be able to find him. Yeah, and I think that's very true because people are bashing Nico like worst hat trick I've ever seen and stuff like Dude. that. But I mean, just you know, yesterday, um, Hoylander, whatever his name is for United, had two, one rebound goal and one tap in goal where literally he was right in front of the goal and he just stuck his foot out and went in. And people are were praising that, you know, just because it was on the Champions League. But it what, was a nine v eleven. That's why they're praising it. But I mean, it it, it it's just it's not any better than what Nico takes. did. With with Nico, I mean, he was still making his runs. He was still putting him away on Vicario. He still went around Vicario, you know. He had an opportunity just one-on-one with Vicario. He faced the pass, and he dribbled around him, and he slotted it in, you know. And then for the other ones, you know, point, point for, you know, a good point for it is there's a lot of people who miss simple chances and square balls, you know. Even Raheem Sterling, who's on our team, has done that before on Man City. I think one of the most noticeable a known open goal opportunities where he was right in front of the goal and he somehow skied it. it you know things like that happen and for a striker it's still important to be composed regardless of how many people you're playing against or who's in net you know Vicario was on that day so very easily Nico messes up on those chances and those are saves so I think he definitely still needs his prop his props for the hat trick would have been more impressive 11 on 11 Definitely, but can you really say if the the if the goals were that open, eleven v eleven, if it was the same exact goals, just square balls one on one with the goalie, what's really the difference and how much more impressive it is? Because all he did was slot it away. Maybe to be more impressive for how they got there to get the goal so open with the assist of whoever's squaring the ball. But regardless, I mean, the three goals would have been tappins, eleven eleven or nine v eleven. Listen, uh, the best striker of our generation is a tap-in merchant, so uh, I don't know. aren't that bad, is all I'm saying. No. Yeah, and it goes a goal. Yeah, it goes a goal. A striker like Nico isn't expected to create, you know, dribble through two people and then put it away. He is a poacher. That is what he does. He makes fast runs, and he finds where the open space is. So he, you know, he did his job. There's nothing else he could have done, you know. You can't be upset at him for scoring three goals. I guess unless you're a Tottenham fan, then you hate his guts for scoring three goals. But that's a given. Well, let's talk about something that none of our clubs are involved in. Uh, Champions League. Um, Champions League, it's been... How do I say this? It's been a show. All right. Man United are not performing how they should be. Terrible. They're playing terrible. I'm surprised that they haven't gotten their coach, Eric Ten Hag, that baldy. He is not Pep Guardiola, and he will never be Pep Guardiola. Because how do you lose... Four three against. I don't even know what their name. Can, can you search up what their name was? Oh, uh, it's gonna. It's right here. Uh, FC Kevin Haven. I don't know nobody who that is. I don't know who that is. Um, they lost. They lost. That's it. They lost. I don't know what he said. They lost. It was a bad outing for Man United. I was expecting more from them. They're a Premier League team. They've spent over two billion dollars on the current team they have. They have. A promising striker in, in Rasmus Hoyland. They have Rashford, Rashford who... He hasn't been showing up in really Mm-mm. many yeah, games this season. Rashford's been pretty poor this year, I'm no, being honest. Terrible. What did he do in the game that got him what sent off? Oh, like... so he, okay, he was right outside the box, and he was basically fighting for possession of the ball. And once he kind of had possession, what he was doing is he was trying to turn and protect the ball, you know? And while doing that, he 
I guess the ball had kind of gotten away from him. So what he did is he turned and he literally straight stepped on somebody's ankle. Like it looked like he stomped on somebody's ankle just directly with no regard for he anything. Can't, he just can't do that. And people are saying like, oh, he was just trying to protect the ball. You know, he was he was just trying to make a soccer play, right? I've never and, seen a soccer play like that. And it's like, you know, at this point with how the rules are, it's all about intent and how much danger you're putting the other play in, the other player in. So if you're stomping on somebody on the ankle with full studs at what looks like full force, you're getting sent off no matter what. You know, no matter what you were actually trying to do, you put the other player in danger and you could have easily, you know, ended their season. So you can't really complain about it. You know, if we're talking about Rashford, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like mistakes like that happen. It's a physical sport. You know, I wouldn't say stomp. You know, he was trying to get the ball. He stepped on his foot because, you know what I'm saying? He tripped on his foot. It wasn't intentional. It was, it does deserve a red card, though. I'm not going to lie. But things like that happen, I feel like. Yeah, when you play at the at the, at the highest level, um, you're I'm sure, I'm sure the adrenaline's pumping. You don't even think about trying to keep other people safe. You're just trying to get the ball, trying to score, get your team up. And I'm I'm sure there has been other times where that that almost happened, but they randomly caught themselves. But it seems it didn't happen here. And uh, let's let's see. We talked about Man United, and I think I want to segue into Real Madrid, which I think is everybody's favorite to win the Champions League again this year if you're not a Bayern fan which I think Bayern are going to win by the way they have Harry Kane um, but <laughs> you think about uh, Real Madrid this time you know, Real Madrid, my, Real Madrid my favorite teams um, you know um, Vinicius did his thing like usual he scored a goal for the team also Brahim and uh, Rodrigo hmm. you know what I'm saying they're all doing their thing and you know what I'm saying Put it in short, you know what I'm saying? They destroyed Braga. Braga had no chance against Real Madrid. Not a shot. I mean, I just can't wait to see the future games so they can bulldoze against all their competition. You know, I'm not surprised that they win everything, to be honest. That's fair. And, George, so neither Chelsea or Tottenham are in the Champions League this year. How do you think Tottenham would do if they were in the Champions League this year, considering this is the best they've looked in... What seems like since they had Poach at goal, I mean, I, and at manager. Imagine Poach at goal. Um, I think uh, in the terms of how the tables are set up, I, I wonder which pot we'd be in. I'm thinking, I don't know, but whoever we get, I don't care who it is, Real Madrid, Bayern, we'll take them on. I think we're going to get, we, we'd probably be second in our group right now. I think we'd put we'd get put in a group with a really good team, Real Madrid or Bayern, and obviously we're not on their level just yet. But our current Cinderella story, we're just we're just breezing through teams currently. So I think we'd be second in, in the groups uh, moving on. For sure. I think they would definitely lose to Dortmund. No, no, no. Y'all would 100% lose to Dortmund. You think so? Yeah, 100%. Why, why do you think that? Because defense is crazy. Yeah. Goalie think, would bully y'all. I think, I think uh, Romero would be upset and probably get another red card. You know how Romero is. <laughs> Dude just loves his red color. But a team that, I mean, I know that I'm looking at. I'm not sure if George is looking at, but... Didn't you used to support them a bit in Dortmund? No, I just took a picture with them outside the American Airlines Center. They had a team. You know what? I do remember Stuttgart having a really tall striker. 
we went to go watch USA play, and you had a Dortmund jersey. I remember. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking yeah, about Stuttgart. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I do love Dortmund. I prefer them over FC Bayern. I only mentioned Bayern because they have um, a, a player I love, which is Harry Kane. He used to play for Tottenham Hotspur until we. He's been scoring some crazy goals. He I well, I mean, when your team is superstars, I, I hope you score goals. I'd say yeah, you but from beyond half is. Do you, Do you think Harry Kane is the best striker in the world right now? Yeah. No. no. Who is it? It's not Jackson, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson's top 10, though. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, It's got to be Haaland and Mbappe. Yeah. Haaland and Mbappe are still <laughs> easily one and two. Haaland and Mbappe. Oh, yeah. Uh, have, we, have, we, have y'all talked about uh, Messi winning the Ballon d'Or? The Ballon d'Or? Yeah, the Ballon d'Or. Ballon d'Or. <laughs> Whoopsie day. Whoopsie. I, I definitely think that... Is it deserved? That, that, that Yeah, he deserved it. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind that he deserved it. Uh, it's not just going off of club. It's an award that goes off of your international appearances as well. And a lot of times, if you win the World Cup and you're the person who leads your team to win the World Cup, more than likely, if you have an above-average club, uh, club stats and stuff like that, you're going to win the Ballon d'Or, regardless of what Haaland did. Uh, leading up to the Ballon d'Or, just to give you all some backstory to Messi winning his eighth, it's eighth, correct? Yes. So his eighth. Um, over Twitter, we we got. I think it was like leaked, or it wasn't even leaked. It was straight up announced by Fabrizio Romano, who's like a huge insider when it comes to football and soccer related uh, things. Uh, it was announced like what was it? I think it was eight days before. Yeah, it was like four, a week. Like a week beforehand, every single day he just keeps saying Messi's gonna win. Messi's gonna win. It really sucks out personally. Personally, right? I don't like to know who's going to win the day of. I like uh, the format that they have now where they count down. Uh, so you'd be like five. Number five would be like, I don't know, like Griezmann, right? He, it'd be Griezmann at number five, number four, Musiala, number three, Jorginho. Musiala is crazy. Well, listen, I gave you all an example. Yeah, I get it. I get but it. he's going to be up there someday. But um, And then finally you get to one and there's a big show about it. It's messy, right? But... I don't like knowing that days in advance because it just sucks out the whole fun of the event. It's just not even, it's, it's not even fun to watch. Yeah, and I mean, one thing you can say is turn off notifications for Fabrizio Romano, but then it turns more once the Fabrizio Romano announces it, then Everybody. Barcelona fan pages are announcing it, mm -hmm. then Inter Miami fan pages are announcing it, then everybody's talking about it, you know? This and by then, it's, it's not a secret to anybody, regardless if you're trying to stay away from Fabrizio Romano. You literally have to stay off of social media from whenever he announces it till whenever it actually gets revealed. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, especially us doing this podcast now, we can't afford. I mean, half of what we do is on social media and the other half is watching sports games. Mm -hmm. So it, it's something that for us isn't an option. For some people, if they really cared about it that much, then yeah, they just don't look at social media for a week if it's really that serious. But for us, it's kind of, we have to look at social media and in a way it does suck the fun out of the Ballon d'Or. Uh, I've never understood the controversy when it comes to Messi winning the uh, Ballon d'Or. Cause I don't know, I feel like it's just uh, voters fatigue a lot of the time. Cause mm. they're just like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like everyone almost ex like, even like the fans of like, what let's say Mbappe, Alain, and like Ronaldo, I feel like that everyone just like already knows Messi's gonna win it. Like they just like in their mind. But like <laughs> as soon as they see like someone that's not their favorite player win, they just get like mad and they just want to stir up controversy. But mm -hmm. I feel like Messi yeah. deserves it. You know what I'm saying? He's 
you know what I'm saying, been consistent and he's still playing at the level that he's been playing for the past few play for the past few years. And I, I mean, I don't know. Ronaldo's already declining and Messi's still doing his thing. You're right. You're right. He's declining, but at the league he's in, it's not a good league. But he's playing out of his mind currently. He's Ooh. playing really good. He, he's tied with Holland Ronaldo? right now in goals. He's yeah. playing really good right he's now. Although, it's not the same. Right, it's not the nah, same. There's, there's the Saudi League and the Premier League. But Ronaldo's still in goal scoring form. He's not even a threat. Even, even no. with international. Ronaldo, Ronaldo's not even a threat that he used to be oh, on the penalty. When it comes to the set piece, he oh. is not a threat. Oh, the set piece. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, in, international games is where you see his decline. He often gets replaced or substituted pretty early on in the game. Yeah, it's usually before halftime. Yeah, kind of sad to see, but I I, I, I like that he's finding I mean, his stride somewhere. I feel like that comparison with Holland and uh, Ronaldo shouldn't even be a thing because, I mean, Holland is playing in, a, in, in what league? What is he playing in? In the Premier League. In the Premier League. That's with a bunch of pros and... You know what I'm saying? Over there in the Saudi league, you're just a bunch of plumbers. Half-time plumbers. Bl- <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of plumbers if you work at a burger store. So, like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that comparison shouldn't even be like that. But Yeah, and I think what they're trying to do in Saudi is they've been getting all these players. Um, and they've been trying to attract attention and prove that it is a high-quality league. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it's not. And the... Uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding, really. You'll watch some of Ronaldo's goals or some of Sadio Mane's goals or whoever you're watching for some reason in Saudi Arabia, and you'll see that the level just isn't there. You know, maybe is it a little bit higher than MLS now? Maybe just because of all the players they've signed, but only because of them. At its base, the players that are playing that aren't those huge signings, they're just like MLS players. It's the exact same thing. So, really, I think that Ronaldo might end up finishing his career off like at an MLS club or something like that. He said uh, he was gonna finish off there. I mean, really? I, yeah. I don't. I don't. He see, said it in a report. I don't see Ronaldo just getting paid to say that. Yeah, I, I don't might, see him retiring in Saudi Arabia. Like, yes, maybe he. You know, because he claims he really believes in the project. He really believes Saudi Arabian soccer is going to become better and it's going to improve with all these purchases of players. But the attendance isn't there. The viewership isn't there. It's it's not getting better. And it's clear that Saudi Arabia just isn't a soccer country. Not only that, the, the reason viewership is so low is because the streaming services you have to go through are like oh, yeah. 20 bucks plus yeah. no one's gonna there's pay so for much that hoops you have to jump through just to go watch the saudi league just to watch your favorite that, player i feel like that's the main reason it's never gonna blow up yeah absolutely they, they, they they'd have to sign the contract with like nbc or something yeah but i'm pretty sure the, not... the saudi arabia government have like a thing uh, against like outside yes foreign they... networks and all that i use their own because i try to watch one game and no mm. shot yeah no I mean, getting paid like damn near a billion, right? Getting paid that much, right? Yeah. yeah damn near exactly. a billion from the Saudi League. I mean, I'd be saying that it's going to come up soon. Too, like, <laughs> you know, I'd say whatever, you know? <laughs> hey, just keep coming in. You know but, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think Martinez should have won. He won goal of the year, right? Martinez? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, I don't he think he should have. Who do you think should have won, Mr. Goalkeeper? Um, Honestly. He's a goalkeeper pro here. Uh, definitely not. Well, oh, you, 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 you definitely know more about goalkeeping than anyone so, here. 
Neuer definitely went after because he got injured. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think mostly probably the runner-up might have been Ter Stegen, maybe. Ter Stegen? Maybe. That's I, thought, iffy. I thought he was bad. He was, that's the thing, iffy. And he might have mm-hmm. been running third. But Martinez is, just because of his World Cup, if you look at his club, mm-hmm. he was, I think he had like a negative goal rating. Yeah, well. That's terrible. How is someone goal Who's his goal back rating? line, Aston Villa? Don't matter. Goalie of the year, and you're getting that. Don't matter, bro. That's fair enough. That's true. I mean, I think something like a uh, goalie of the year should go off a statistic of like more um, like saves, like per goal, like you know, depending on the xG against you, who held the best xG, and you know, sometimes it might be these these lower relegation team goalies that are really holding out the most goals, but. That's who the best goalie in the world is, you know? If you're having an XG of, let's say, 65 goals throughout the year, and they only score, like, 40 goals on your team, I mean, that's 25 expected goals that, as a goalkeeper, you kept out that should have gone in. Mm-hmm. And who cares if your team ended up 20th or 19th or 18th in whatever league they're in? The only reason that they're not worse is because of you and you're a clear you know one of the best goalies in the world i think vicario last year had one of the best save percentages of of all the goalies and that's why he came to tottenham regardless of what league he was playing in where you know his team was in in this in the standings he had the save percentage and that allowed for people to see that he's the real deal and he came to the prem and he proved that but i think really he's this came up now. Uh, Courtois, I feel like, really had a good chance. He did really good that year, especially the past. He, well, he's always been dominating Real Madrid, really, as a goalie. But I feel like seeing Martinez win goalie of the year, for me, it makes no sense as a goalie. Zero sense. But Yeah, and fine. I think it's all got to be riding on his his one save in the his World goal, Cup. His whole World Cup, him blocking PKs. and I'll, I'll give him that. It's hard to do, block PKs, especially in that high of, like, um, the finals blocking all those shots, especially. I'll give him that, but after that, he didn't really do much mm. at all. That's true. Yeah, but I mean, I guess going into the last thing that we're going to be talking about today, uh, the U.S. men's national team has two qualification games coming up against Trinidad and Tobago to qualify for the Copa America. Didn't the lineups the the lineups just yeah. come out? Can the, we go ahead and take a look at that? The lineups did just come out. <laughs> Let me pull it up, Jamie. I feel like we should really experiment these two games. That's that, this is our current roster, correct? Yes. All right. Let's go ahead and name them all. Uh, um, uh, Ethan. Ethan what, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Horvath. Gaga. Someone. Gaga. Gaga Slonina. Slonina. <laughs> we got Matt Turner, who um, who is on loan from, uh, I think, loaned out from Arsenal to I don't know where. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, an ex-Tottenham player. Serginho Dest. Uh, where is he now? Is he playing in... He's in PSV. I was about to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a Pepe. Christopher player. Lund. Tim Ream, classic. Uh, Chris Richards. Uh, here we go. We have Anthony Robinson. Is he, st- is, is he still at Fulham? Anthony Robinson is still for them. Miles Robinson, uh, Joe Scally, he's on 04 Shark, right? Joe Scally is on. Um, 
What, what's that? What's that other the the what's it called? The other the black and white German team. Oh, uh, Machen Gladbach. Oh, I was way off. Machen Gladbach is the team just got his. Uh, Paxton Aronson. Paxton Aronson, yes. Uh, we have Johnny Cardoso. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luca de la Torre. That dude mm-hmm. looks old. Leonard Maloney. Weston McKinney, <laughs> classic. Uh, Yunus Musa, classic. Gio Reyna, there was a lot of controversy surrounding him and his family last season. Don't matter. Mm. That don't that matter. Season. Let's that see. We have Malik Tillman, Brendan Aronson, classic. Follerin Balugan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, what was he? In Canada? He used to be in Canada? This guy. He's now Balogun? in League One. So, Balogun. No, like he was uh, going to. He was with the, the under teams oh. for England. England, England. That's right. Uh, he was an Arsenal player as well, but now he's on. Uh, Monaco, mm. with uh, what, what, what's his name? What's that guy that you like? Uh, George Minamino. Minamino. Yeah. Hey. Uh. Oh. Oh. Wait. Let me finish up. We have Kevin Paredes, Ricardo Pepe, classic, and then Alex Zendejas. Uh. Let me see. I'm trying to remember. Do you remember? It was like a Cuban American who got sent to like he was off on loan from Barcelona. What happened to that guy? Cuban American on Cuban. Barcelona. I swear he was Cuban. Are you talking about Conrad de la Fuente? Conrad de la Fuente. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's in the second, second, uh, second league of La Liga now. Is, is he good? He scored a goal last week. It's good enough. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, from this, uh, from these players that we called up, if you watch the U.S. Men's National Team, you'll see. Yeah. Pulisic and Timothy Way are missing our big wingers and in their place we have Kevin Paredes and Alexander Dejas so Kevin Paredes is young he plays for Wolfsburg he's been getting time uh, he scored uh, a goal the last I think last week he scored a goal he has a few assists Alexander Dejas plays for Liga Mekis he plays for Club America he's been on a tear lately to be fair he's been scoring a lot of goals uh, and, but you know it is the Liga Mekis. Uh, then we have Pepe, Balogun, and Brendan Aronson. Well, Brendan Aronson plays for Union Berlin. He hasn't been having the greatest season, but he's kind of like a staple guy for us kind of now. He's what more seems like a pace merchant at the moment. He can just cover the whole field. But, I mean, maybe he'll prove us wrong with this camp, not having Pulisic and Weya. And then, of course, up top, we have Balogun and Pepe, Pepe PSV, Balogun Monacao. He's been doing pretty uh, good. Yeah, I mean, Balogun's been doing um, good. He's been starting more than Pepe. Balogun's our, our number one striker right now. And Pepe's been coming off of the bench for PSV, but I think he has four goals and an assist, or mm-hmm. three goals and an assist uh, coming off of uh, off of the bench for PSV, which isn't bad considering how good Luke de Jong is and how much they're playing him. I think Luke de Jong has like 19 goals in all comps this season Luke already. He's like 30 something he's 35 isn't he? how old is yeah. he? he's old i feel like yeah. he's been there for ages yeah now. well his game can't really his his game doesn't really have his athleticism at uh, heart it's, he's, he's, a, he's slow he's a poacher he's really good at head i don't know about that from fifa he's a slow yeah, yeah he's a slow guy <laughs> and then yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> and and then goalkeepers wise ethan horvath um is a backup in Nottingham forest which Apparently, Matt Turner is a backup in Nottingham Forest. He recently lost his starting job. Uh, and then Gabriel Solina, young player. Uh, he actually is a Chelsea player. He's in the lone army at the moment because he is very young. I think he's about 19, 20 years old. And he's playing in the 
the Divisie? No, no, no. He's playing in Belgium? Belgium or the Eredivisie? One of those. Uh, but he is in a close to relegation uh, relegation zone team, so he's really been having to step up as their number one goalie. And then defenders-wise, Cameron Carter-Vickers, somebody that George might know a little bit. He used to play for Tottenham. Now he's the captain in Celtic. Jijinho Dest, PSV, Christopher Lund, Bundesliga, Tim Ream, Fulham, Chris Richards, Crystal Palace, Anthony Robinson, Fulham, Miles Robinson plays in the MLS. I think he's like the only MLS inclusion here, uh, which is very surprising considering that just a few years ago, our whole team was MLS, MLS other, other than like Pulisic, Weah, and McKinney, and Adams, which if you watch, you know that Adams is also missing, but that is because he had surgery on his hamstring. Is Pulisic again. injured? Is mm-hmm. that why he's not? In... Yeah, yeah. All, all, of them have pan- all of them have hamstring problems, apparently. It's a, it's a theme for this team. Um, so then we have Joe Scali, Mutumilado Black, uh, Paxton Aronson, another young guy. He is Brendan Aronson's brother, who's also on this roster, which is pretty cool having brothers in the same uh, the senior team. Johnny Cardoso, which plays in Brazil. He's soon going to play for your Betis. Luca de la Torre. Uh, Leonard Maloney. Weston McKinney, Juventus. Yunus Musa plays for AC Milan with Pulisic. Gio Reyna is on Dortmund. He's not getting much playtime at the moment. And Milik Selman plays for PSV, and he's having a great season, to be yes. fair. He's starting a lot more than we thought he would be. And, yeah, I mean, most of these guys are expected. The only kind of surprises are Leonard Maloney, which is probably only there for now because we don't have Adams, and Zendejas and Paredes because Weya and of Pulisic. But pretty much everybody else here has earned their spot and are here because they are the best players in their division in their uh, respective position. No, the USA are losing. Okay, USA no, okay. is not losing. Look, <laughs> look, look up Trinidad and Tobago's FIFA ranking. Trinidad and Tobago is the last time we even lost. The last time we lost to Trinidad Tobago was I think twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. And they were the reason that we missed out on the twenty eighteen World Cup. Yeah. Because we lost to Trinidad and Tobago, we missed out on the World Cup. Um, well, that's been that episode of our brand new series we're starting. Uh, I hope you like it. Let us know down in the comments below. It's been real. This is the downside of re-up. And if you like this, get ready for your next re-up.